Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right. Yeah. Our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up! Get your sorry ass up! Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. Time is on the word! Hey, 36! I ain't never seen you before, huh? Back up, Tanner Coach, you need some help. We're gonna expose you, boy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter. You can find me, your host, Matthew Burning, at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, though, some of which are Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Mr. Bob Lung, the award-winning fantasy football consistency guide and the creator of the Midwest Fantasy Expo, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others, and you can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We at the Roundtable are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the most advanced stats in football, baseball, basketball, and college football. College football stats are extremely hard to find. For just $15 a year, you can look at all of these. I'm telling you guys, it is well worth it. If you like to dive into the analytical side of sports and or for I use it for prospects, college football prospects specifically, it is amazing. It goes down to the minutest of details in this stuff. And again, it's just $15 a year. If you use our code ROUNDTABLE, you will get 10% off of that, which is a steal of a deal, if I do say so myself, and probably the best deal in the industry. So definitely check them out, especially if you want to get a jump on the upcoming draft class. It'll be well worth your time and money. And for today's episode, we've got Mr. Dennis Bennett back with us today. You can find him on Twitter at culture underscore coach. Mr. Matthew Fox is in Disneyland, as we talked about on last week's episode. So it's just me and Dennis, and we are going to talk about some of the news that has come out since we last recorded last week and the championship Sunday, the best day in NFL football. And as I mentioned there in the intro, we've got Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today as Matthew Fox is in Disneyland celebrating a very long and hard uh, year in the NFL circles here doing everything that he did in his regular job and here. So Dennis and me are going to be going at it uh, today without him. So Dennis, how was your weekend and how's everything going for you? Man, I had a great weekend. We went and saw the Columbus Blue Jackets play and they got this new goalie. His first name is Elvis. Man, and he was killing it. New Jersey outshot us by a ton. We shut shut him out five to nothing. That is awesome. I I love hockey when playoff time rolls around. I mean, the one thing I will say, and I would imagine you might agree with this. I know you were obviously just at the game this weekend. Hockey is probably the most exciting sport to watch live, in my opinion. I love going and watching hockey games live. 
can't stand watching them on TV for some reason. Now, when playoffs roll around, I'm all about it. Same with basketball. But during the regular season, I don't pay that much attention to it. What a, if you had to rank, like, your – I would imagine you – how many – have you been to every sporting event live? I would I would assume so. Um, No, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I've been to an NBA game or not. Okay. But uh, everything else I've been to, you know, I've, I've been to the Memorial Golf Tournament, obviously, hockey, been to college football, NFL games, uh, Major League Baseball, AAA, AAA baseball. You know, ho- hockey is probably the best to see live because it, it's constantly moving. Yeah. And, and and there's always a little bit of extracurricular activity going on. <laughs> it, it's a little bit more of a combat sport. Uh, it's it's fun to watch. I, I I don't follow it really, even with the blue jackets here. You know, I've got my blue jacket sweater, and you know, when I wear it to, when I go to the game. I, probably, if we hadn't gotten free tickets, I don't know that I'd have went. I got you. Um, but I, usually, about once every other year, or so we end up going because the kid, you know, for some some reason with the kids, whether it's Cub Scouts or something or other. And then every now and again, on top of that, we'll get something like my wife got the tickets as a, a thank you for something she did at work. Gotcha. And and so uh, we were able to take both kids, and we all had a ball. It was it was a great game. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, for me, I, mean, I like it when my team wins. Yeah, we all do. Uh, I mean, I would. I shouldn't say it's the best sport live. The the most fun that I've had when it comes to live sports has actually been college football games. Although I've most of the time that I have gone uh, has been to see Ohio State, and they've won for the most part every time I've gone. So that, as you just mentioned, it's always good to see your team win. So maybe that's why I do love the college football atmosphere. I think it's ten times better uh, than the NFL atmosphere. But I do love watching hockey games live as well. So I'm, I'm glad you got to go see that. I've actually uh, I haven't seen many basketball games live either. I think I've been to three, and two of which was when LeBron played on the Cavs his first go around uh, when he came to Dallas to play the Mavericks back with the uh, uh, when Dirk was still kind of like a big factor for the Mavericks. So it, it's been a while, actually, since I've seen a basketball game live. Uh, but uh, let's see here. What are we doing? I already forgot what we're doing today. Oh, we're uh, Championship Sunday. I don't know why I forgot about that. So yesterday we obviously saw two of, uh, uh, I mean, I would say two of the best teams, or you could argue are the best teams in the NFL since they are going to the Super Bowl, kind of clinch their spots there. I think it's going to be an epic Super Bowl. Before we get into that, though, there's been some – somewhat breaking news or some stuff that has come across the wire since we have last recorded a podcast uh, so I kind of want to jump on and talk about that news with you before we jump in and talk about championship Sunday ladies and gentlemen can I please have your attention I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen uh, the first uh, little news item here might make uh, Cowboys fans chuckle a little bit, and the fact that Jason Garrett is going to be the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. I actually think this is a good move. Uh, many people seem to forget that Jason Garrett actually did a pretty good job as the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator before he became uh, the head coach when they decided to let go of Wade Phillips. A uh, little bit worried about my Barkley shares because he does seem to get away from the run uh, when he shouldn't, in my opinion. But uh, other than that, I think it could be be a very good move for the Giants. What are your thoughts on Jason Garrett going to the Giants? Uh, I agree with you. I think that he he's not a flashy coordinator, yeah. but he's a competent coordinator. And he's shown that he he had when he has a back like uh Zeke Elliott or Saquon Barkley, that for the most part he does use them. It, I don't know that he gets away from him any more than any other coordinator does at times. Yeah, but he's no Freddie Kitchens, it, that's for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> but he's he's going to do he's 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 going to bring a couple things to that team. He's going to be a good veteran sounding board. He's he was I mean he was a head coach for what nine years or yeah. something. Yeah, I believe so. Yes, nine seems years. seems like forever. So he's gonna he's gonna provide a veteran sounding board for Joe Judge, and. He's going to administrate the offense. It'll be, you know, they'll be able, with someone like Garrett, they'll be able to bring in some younger coaches that will get some mentoring from him. And 
if he, uh, I mean, he's he's we, you know he had Jason Witten. Now he's going to have Evan Ingram. Uh, Ingram's a much more dynamic player, but he was able to scheme Witten open an awful lot. Uh, Barkley is you know arguably you know as good or some would argue better than peak Zeke Elliott. So there's there'll, there'll be that. It'll it'll come down to what happens with a can they rebuild their offensive line and and b can they get credible wide receivers. You know, it's I think the jury is still out on where uh Sterling Shepard sits in the hierarchy of wide receivers. Darius Slayton flashed and we've still got Golden Tate there to see what happens so that you know they don't have any superstar receivers, but potentially with a super a budding tight end that could be a superstar, a superstar running back, and a young quarterback that has shown some ability. There's some building blocks for him to work with there. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm not a. I do think it's going to tickle Cowboys fans a little bit, but I do think you know the past couple of years have really kind of. Uh, bothered them a lot with the way the Cowboys have kind of underperformed. I do think a lot of people forget just how good, as I mentioned earlier, an offensive coordinator he was with the Cowboys before that offensive coaching job, or before the, I'm sorry, before he became uh, the head coach for the Cowboys. So I'm interested to see how that works. As you just mentioned, Evan Ingram, you know, he's got a really a good young core of wide receivers as well. Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, you know, Golden Tate, kind of the Wiley veteran there. And obviously we all know Saquon Barkley. They'll need to improve that line some, but I'm with you. I think it's a good move. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how that works out. I also do think it's a good move, what you mentioned there. A good sounding board for Joe Judge. He's obviously a very new head coach. He's probably, uh, Garrett is a guy that he can probably lean on for certain things uh, when he needs help. I don't know how much help he's going to need in certain aspects of that job, but it's always good to have that veteran guy in there who's done the job before that you can possibly bounce some ideas off of. The next two notes came out earlier today are, are both very interesting to me. So we talked about it a, a while back, probably one of the first podcasts we did uh, when it was you, me, and Matt as we kind of started rolling into the offseason that this quarterback free agency group could be very interesting as we have a lot of veterans out there and some very well uh, established guys and two of them have kind of been in the news today uh, for the fact that they might not be back one I think for sure is not going back to their team the other one I think is still 50-50 so let's start with the one we I don't think at least is going back and that's Philip Rivers to the Chargers it did seem like with the way he played this year uh, and the way the Chargers have talked it looks like that uh, that has kind of come to an end their relationship uh, he did pick up and move his family to Florida yesterday, as reported by Adam Schefter and uh, uh, Mort. And uh, I don't remember what his last name is. Uh, my goodness, but uh, Mort report on uh, Chris Morton. Chris Mortensen. There, there we go. I don't know why I couldn't think. I wanted to call him Mort Anderson for some reason. My goodness. Uh, so uh, they they did report that he moved to Florida. Then earlier today, a report came out that it seems likely he could land in Tampa Bay, which is interesting uh, because if he does, that also means that more than likely Jameis Winston is not coming back. So let's attack it from the Philip Rivers side first, and then we'll go Jameis Winston. So your thoughts on Rivers possibly in, ending up in Tampa Bay? I don't think he ends up in Tampa Bay. Okay. I think he moved his family to Florida because he knows that his career is coming to an end and he's only got a year or two left. Uh, he went to school at North, in North Carolina and he's from Alabama. Uh, I'm not sure where his wife is from, but I'm going to speculate she's from somewhere in the South. So I think he's just preparing to for life after football. He may end up in one of the Florida teams, uh, on one of the Florida teams. He could, I think he'd be just as good a fit in Jacksonville. Uh, but I think if you give me the choice between Phillip Rivers and Jameis Winston, I'm going to take Jameis Winston. I don't, I would say I don't disagree with you, but I, I, I kind of do. I, I don't know if he ends up there. Like I said, it was just, it, it's rumors and speculation. I didn't see. When those were starting to uh, populate on Twitter, I didn't see anything that was like verified of like a Tampa Bay source coming out and saying that they were interested in Philip Rivers. There was just a lot of talk that there's, I guess, mutual interest between the two, but nothing from from any NFL insiders. So that could be all speculation. 
I don't know if they bring back Jameis Winston, though. I, I know that, you know, there was a lot of talk uh, about Bruce Arians' comment earlier in the offseason when he said, uh, when I believe the reporter asked him, can you win with a different quarterback? And he was like, yeah, did you see the quarterback we won with? Of course we can win with a different quarterback. And everybody kind of ran with that comment, but they didn't take the rest of it, in which part he said, but we also need to know who else is out there, who else is going to be available, because it's easy to say that we can win with another quarterback when you have a guy like Jameis Winston. He's obviously very talented, but he turns the ball over a lot, which is something you cannot do at the quarterback position. It is going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I don't, I honestly don't think they franchise him. I think me and Matt talked about this. I could see him transition tagging him, but I also don't see another team paying any kind of uh, reasonable price to get him away from Tampa Bay, which means if they do that, he's likely going to stay on Tampa Bay. It, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I don't know. Do you think if they were to go Rivers, do you think that hurts Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's value any if that ends up being what they end up doing? Uh, it definitely uh, put. I, I do think Rivers, his, his play is starting to decline fairly yeah. rapidly. I think. I don't think his arm is great. You know, I look at it from the um, Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer sort of perspective. I believe Arians was the coach in thirteen when Palmer went there, and Palmer threw 22, 24 touchdowns and twenty two interceptions that first year. The second year he got injured and missed ten games, but the third year, uh, after a couple off seasons with Arians, Palmer threw thirty five touchdowns with only eleven interceptions. So, I, I think that. As Jameis continues to get acclimated into Bruce Arians' offense, he is going to cut down on some of those. And, and some of the interceptions weren't, you know, they're, he, he, they're credited to Jameis, but not all of them are his fault. Some of them are receivers running the wrong route. Some of them are bouncing off people's hands. So is he probably going to always be near the lead in interceptions? Probably because he's a risk taker uh, and, and he tries to make plays. But I would rather have that than sort of where Philip Rivers is at this stage of his career. Yeah. You know, Rivers is, he's a class guy. You know, he's a team player. He works hard, but he's just running out of juice at the end of his career. And, uh, you know, maybe he resigns there, maybe he goes somewhere else. But I, I almost feel like it, I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Rivers just called it a day. Set up a beach chair down there in Florida and watch the sunrise and, uh, on, one, on the front porch and watch it set on the back porch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either. In all honesty, that's kind of who I thought, or that's that's what I thought was going to happen, especially when I saw that news the other day about him going to Florida. It's like, all right, he's, he's just calling it quits, which... Wouldn't surprise me. He does seem like a guy who kind of wanted to stay and play with San Diego, and maybe he saw the writing on the wall, so he was just going to move. To be, I would assume you were right, and that it's his wife's family. Is as in the statement he did say they wanted to be closer to family, Uh, so they're obviously moving to Florida for that. Uh, It'll be something we'll watch and we'll continue to talk about. Obviously, I I think it'd be interesting because I also do think if if Rivers goes there. I would uh, probably say that Winston is likely gone, and then I would honestly think that they're probably going to draft a quarterback and let Rivers kind of be that be that bridge guy for a year or maybe two until uh, that young quarterback is ready. So I, I do think there's really one right now, especially with Tua's injury, that is like fully ready to go, and that's Joe Burrow. I mean, I love me some Justin Herbert, but he's got some inconsistencies and everything. I don't know if he'd be ready to go out there day one and win you a lot of games like I think Burrow can. Uh, so maybe he, he ends up being a bridge quarterback. We'll see what happens with him. And that's kind of a lot of talk with the other guy in Tom Brady. He has come out and said that he is open-minded to testing free agency And the rumors seem to be growing louder and louder. There was a lot of talk about it earlier in the season, especially when the news came out that he was selling his house. And it continued throughout the the season, but in all honesty, I I didn't give any credence to it. But it continues to get louder and louder that Tom Brady might actually be going to the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe when we talked about this last time, you felt... uh, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, that you said he probably he would retire or stay with the Patriots, correct? That's what I feel will happen. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know where why he would want to go somewhere, learn a new offense, get acclimated, especially when he, he does only have a couple more years left in his career as well. If I, I could I, I feel like he's still got the fire to play. So with the Patriots in there, I don't want to say disloyalty to players, but when they're done with you, they're done with you, and it doesn't yeah. really matter who you are. And so if they decide they're done with Brady, that's really and he and he truly feels, man, I've got I've got a lot left in the tank. That's the only way I see him going and playing anywhere else. I don't think he's just going to go and play for, you know, a few million more dollars when he, he's going to collect a hefty paycheck from the Patriots if he stays. It isn't like he's hurting for cash. So, you know, and while I understand fair market value, in uh, that position ho- holds the highest value, at some point teams go, you know, but you're 42, you're 43, and if you want us to pay you that much, you're asking us to pay you on the nine Super Bowls you were with with the Patriots. You're not asking us to pay you on what you can do for us going forward, and I just don't know that we're, we're ready for that. So I, I truly do feel like he's either going to be with the Patriots uh, and making a nice salary, or he's going to retire as well. Yeah, I, I know we talked about it when this first kind of came out, or, or when it, it seemed—I uh, believe it was when they got knocked out of the playoffs by the Titans. I think the biggest, the biggest factor in this is going to be Robert Kraft. We talked about it then, and I still think that plays now. Is Tom Brady has always kind of been like a son to him. I do agree with you. I, I don't think that they're trying to just throw Brady to the side because he is probably the—I wouldn't even say probably—he is the most recognizable fi- figure with that franchise. Like I would not be surprised if some point in time later down the road they build a statue of him outside of Gillette he is going to go down as one of not only the greatest Patriots but one of the greatest NFL players one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks of all time him and Bill Belichick what they've done uh you know we may I mean it's hard to say we may never see a dynasty like that we may see one starting up right now with Andy Reid and Mahomes uh, but th- what they've done, those two together, has been outstanding. So I do think with the way that Kraft feels about Brady kind of being a son, that maybe he has a big part to play in Brady coming back because I do, in a way, think that Belichick is kind of done with him. We-, we know that there was a lot of truth to the rumors a couple years ago uh, when they kind of forced Jimmy G out the door that Bill clearly wanted him to stay and take over, which meant that Brady was going to be kind of on his way out. Now, Brady, in a way, kind of proved that he could still play that year after, I think, was when they ended up going to the Super Bowl and beating the Rams. So, Brady... Just has clearly fallen off, though, these past couple years. He, he is not at all what he's been even three years ago. I would even say last year he's worse this year than he was last year. So I'm with you. I, I don't know. I, I would almost say kind of what I said about Rivers. If he ends up going somewhere else, I think it's a bridge quarterback. And I, I do think that's kind of why all the Chargers talk is theirs because he's going into a team with a better offensive line. Um, not really a better defense, so they do have a monster of an, a defensive line, have some really good cornerbacks, and by far better weapons than he's had in New England the past couple of years. And maybe they're hoping that they can kind of bring him in, let's sell some tickets, let's try and make a huge run in our first year in this stadium, and draft a quarterback because they got the 6th and 10th picks, I think, in the draft this year uh, in the first round. So maybe they draft a guy like Justin Herbert and say, okay, here, you sit for a year behind the GOAT, learn and then Brady gets that one year contract gets to go out hopefully you know with another playoff run possible Super Bowl in Charger for the first uh, in Chargers history and then Herbert takes over uh, that's kind of a uh, stretching I think a lot of what we have heard uh, again it's something we'll we'll watch and monitor but I think that is more realistic than than Rivers going to Tampa Bay like if I had to choose one or the other happening, I would say that the Brady one is more likely than the Rivers one, in my opinion. So uh, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I I say it's 50-50 right now, and him going back, I, I don't think he's retiring. I think he's either going to go to the Patriots or he's going to go to the Chargers. I don't see another team in the mix. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk about him possibly going to Indianapolis as well or, or possibly Miami. I, I think it's Chargers, Patriots, or bust. Do you, do you think there's any shot he goes to, to uh, Miami or Indy? You know, Indy might be an option, but they don't really have great weapons. 
you know, in their offensive line for as good as it had gotten to a, a couple years ago, it does seem like it's it's taken a little bit of a step back. Um, Miami, I don't think so, just because I think they're a train wreck. I, I think they've got yeah, that that's that offensive line is not a, a an old immobile quarterback offensive line. You know, it's they need to. And I, I don't know any – I can't think of a single good reason that Miami would bring in Brady or Rivers for that matter. All right. I, I don't disagree. Like I said, it, it's going to be something interesting uh, to watch. Speaking of, as I said earlier, a possible dynasty in the making, let's look at what happened yesterday on Championship Sunday. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen. Second down at 10, takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's in it, 15, he's in it, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, there goes Chubb, he's in the 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Chubb a love home! 92 yards! Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep throb, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God. Oh, my God. Two years as a starter in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes has made it to the AFC title both times lost last year. Not even his fault was also due to D4, who uh, is obviously also going to be playing in the Super Bowl now. Uh, But cost the Chiefs a chance to go to the Super Bowl last year. The Chiefs get their revenge this year. Uh, They are going to the Super Bowl after beating the Tennessee Titans uh, 35-24. A really good game, I thought, on both sides. Casey's offense was just a little bit better than the Titans. They really kind of stopped Derrick Henry in the second half where he's really gotten going here uh, the past couple games. So let's talk about the Titans side first. Obviously, great run by them. Nobody expected it. I feel like everybody was picking them to to knock off the Patriots. Some of that, I think, was just due to how much everybody hates the Patriots. I don't know how many people actually thought the Titans would win. It was just more of a hope thing, but they did that. Then they go in and knock off what a lot of people thought was the best team in the NFL this year in the Baltimore Ravens as well. Mike Vrabel has gotten this defense and this team going. Just they, They've been running on all cylinders for the most part since Ryan Tannehill went in there. So let's talk about him and the other free agent that really helped them out in Derrick Henry. Both are technically going to be free agents this offseason. Either, neither, or, or both. Both are back with the Titans in 2020. Well, I I think Henry is back. Um, I, I don't. I, I think his the way he plays, what he brings to the table, uh, he's a fit for Mike Vrabel and uh, who's the dude? Art Smith, Arthur Smith. The uh, I I think yeah. I think that works together together. So. Unless somebody just comes in and blows him away with some huge offer, I, I I don't see any reason for him to to go anywhere else. He's in a system that he's that he's comfortable with that they're gonna feed him the ball. And well, you, you may want to say, well, Tennessee's gonna want to bring in somebody that's more well-rounded. I don't I don't know. You know, there's only so many Saquon Barclays to go around. So, in the absence of a player like that, you want a player like Derrick Henry that's going to be able to hammer the ball 30, 35 times, 
and break off big runs because people can't take him down. He's the best at what he he he's a better version of LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. He he's big, he's faster than Blunt. Uh he catches the ball a little bit better than Blunt. Uh and so, you know, he's a guy that if you needed it if you knew you needed to get 30 carries and 4 yards of pop out of somebody for six weeks, you know you can give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a week for six weeks, and he's going to get you that. Um, he's just he, – he, he's – you know, I know Marshawn Lynch is beast mode, but, man, Derrick Henry is a monster. And to let him go, uh, I, I just don't think it, it – it's not something I would do if I was the Titans. Who was the other guy we were talking about there? Ryan Tannehill, if it, you know, oh. there's obviously been all the talk that he's going to be back, but do you think so? I mean, he he obviously did a lot for them in the regular season. Uh, it was really kind of the reason they got here. But and I do understand everything that they built around Derrick Henry and what he's done in the playoff run. But Ryan Tannehill really did not do a lot, and he didn't necessarily cost them the game, but he also didn't help them win a, a huge game here against Kansas City, where they were in it for the most part in most of that game. Yeah, I mean, Tannehill, he had a he did what a lot of quarterbacks do, and that what he has done in the past looked great for a, a stretch of games, a nice long stretch of games. But then when it got to this weekend, he just he he couldn't get it done. Yeah, and and that happens to a lot of quarterbacks, uh, you know. And it wasn't as much that Kansas City's defense is really good. You know, they've got some playmakers. But it, it, uh, the adjustment to your game plan that you have to make when a team comes out and just puts up a bunch of points against you, you know, they're not built to be able to do that. To, to, you know, they're not a come-from-behind team uh, on a regular basis anyways. You know, they'll explode every now and again, but I think every team does that. So is Tannehill the answer? I don't think he's the answer long term. I I think Tannehill is uh, the epitome of a bridge quarterback. Uh, if I had, I, you know, if I have the choice, I think between Tannehill and Andy Dalton, I think I probably go with Dalton. Interesting. Yeah, he's another one I haven't even uh, talked about. There hasn't been a lot of rumors about him and where he might go, but he will also be a very interesting choice. Uh, I was actually thinking about that earlier today and the fact that if Brady were to go to the Chargers, like, could you imagine them possibly picking Andy Dalton and, and having the old red rifle up in New England leading that team? I actually don't think that that would be a bad move by the Patriots uh, at all. I think Andy Dalton could do good things in, in a Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels offense there. So that'll be interesting. Maybe he ends up in Tennessee. Uh, if I had to guess, I would think both are going to be back. I think Mariota is obviously gone, or maybe he stays as the backup, but I don't think he'll do that. I do think they bring back uh, Tannehill, especially he's gotten the Titans. You know, this is the farthest they've been since the Super Bowl all the way back in uh, Music City Miracle Days, I believe. It's been a while. I'm trying to remember who it was at quarterback, and I cannot – Oh, my goodness. Is Steve McNair? Was it Steve McNair? I think it's Steve McNair, if I remember correctly. But, uh, I mean, it's been a while since they've been there. I do think they re-signed Derrick Henry. It'll be interesting to see how much he gets paid. Does he get up there in that Zeke money? A little bit less than that uh, because that could hamper their their cap a little bit. Uh, but I do think both of them end up coming back. Uh, also on the Titans' side, before we move on uh, to the Chiefs, two things on their wide receivers. We know uh, – A.J. Brown really at the back half of this season had a phenomenal year. He was a guy who really kind of, if you drafted him late in your rookie drafts, kind of came on strong at the end and really kind of made you look good, helped you possibly get into the championship uh, in fantasy, yet really kind of struggled here in the playoffs. Where would you value him moving forward from what you've seen out of him in his freshman, not freshman, in his rookie season? Like, uh, what do you mean? Like, what would I trade for him? Yeah, like, where would you value? Like, moving forward, do you see him as like a high end wide receiver two, middle of the pack wide receiver two? Like, where would you value him again? I don't want to say a bad well, season because he did have a good season, but it was a little bit inconsistent. We saw really bad at the beginning, then really, really good at the end, and they almost in, in the same way kind of disappeared here in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I well, he, he disappeared when Derrick Henry's rushing for two hundred yards a game. 
Okay, and, fair and point. That that's kind of you know, uh, is anybody going to talk about is Debo Samuel not good now since you know Tevin Coleman or not Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert went for two twenty and four touchdowns. No. So it, it it sort of is, you know, sometimes those situations happen. I I think that Tennessee's offense is such that it run the offense runs through Henry. Uh. I feel like Brown is in that mid to low wide receiver two range. He's certainly wide receiver one talent, but okay. he's he's mid to low wide receiver two on volume. There are going to be games where he just disappears because they're not throwing the ball that much. And you have to be super efficient. Some guys can be efficient, but I think efficiency uh, – there's not a lot of Mike Thomas efficiency out there. That's yeah, that's, that's very true. rare. I, I do believe that AJ Brown. You know, he was my wide receiver one coming into this year, and, and I stay or into last season, and I stand by that. Uh, my rookie wide receiver one. So when they cut that, I hope they add that onto it. So, and <laughs> um, <laughs> I I love I love AJ Brown. I think that you know he's one of those guys that's gonna. His struggle is always going to be, will the offense produce the volume in the passing game? Now, they do hand it to him some, uh, so he does get, get to touch it that way. Um, I still believe Corey Davis is a very talented player, but what he does is, you know, he's the deep threat, and that's not as, as going to put up his consistent numbers, and he's in an offense that doesn't throw the ball. He suffers from that. I don't know. I don't know that Corey Davis is going to have a, a Devonte Parker, Brandon Lloyd fifth year breakout, just because I don't think the volume is going to be available there with passing game. Mm-hmm. And now that AJ Brown is there, and, and Brown has established himself, I think, as the wide receiver one in Tennessee. So Corey Davis is going to have to probably go somewhere else if he wants to uh, become a primary target. Uh, Tennessee just doesn't have the passing volume, I don't think, to consistently support two wide receivers uh, along with uh, an athletic tight end that's that's coming on in the short game. Uh, but that offense, is it revolves around Derrick Henry. I think they bring Derrick Henry back and they continue to do what got them to the AFC championship game, which is to run the ball. Yeah, it's crazy to think too that Corey Davis might have to go somewhere after a guy that you know a lot of people loved coming out of out of uh, college. Really thought he was going to be the one there, and just really has not been able to establish himself with Marcus Mariota and now with Ryan Tannehill. And I'm with you. I do think it's unfortunately he's going to be a guy who probably needs a change of scenery to kind of bring back that fantasy value. A guy you can probably buy pretty cheap now as well. Uh, with, with as bad as he has been, I, I value AJ Brown pretty much the, the same that you do. He, he's a, a middle tier wide receiver too right now, with that wide receiver one upside for sure. I'd love to see if Tannehill stays or if they bring in another quarterback because I do think depending on what they do, there could change uh, his value some for sure. On on the Chiefs side here, we saw Mahomes just continue to do amazing things uh, for this Chiefs offense and really kind of, as I said earlier, could be the start of a new dynasty. Though I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid hangs it up soon, especially if he ends up winning the Super Bowl in a couple weeks here. Uh, we'll be interested to see what he does. On the Chiefs side, there's really two questions I want to talk about. Is it time to sell on Watkins? Obviously had a huge game. I honestly forgot he even played for the Chiefs uh, until I saw him play on Sunday. Uh, if you could how quickly are you trying to move Watkins uh, after the game that he had on Sunday? Quickly, I I just think Sammy is a eternal going to be. He, he's going to finish his career like he started it. An eternally <laughs> frustrating player that just when you think you can quit him, he has a game like that, and you're like, oh, I think maybe he's turning the corner and he'll be consistent, but. Ultimately, it comes down to there's two guys at the top of the pecking order in Kansas City, and that's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. By the time either one of them leave, uh, Sammy is going to probably be on another foot injury, uh, probably another contract with another team. I I love Sammy's talent, but 
he he just he's maddening maddeningly inconsistent and uh so i i think i i think i might only have one share of him and so i might try to see if i can get him moved this this week but yeah he's uh i, I think you gotta move him find somebody that's willing to take on that volatility and risk yeah and and last but not least there's a lot of talk uh you and i are obviously uh in the same uh, Dynasty Nerd Slack group, and we, I see a lot of the stuff they talk about, especially in the prospects uh, and, and Debbie stuff, and a lot of people placing different running backs with Kansas City. Everybody wants to see a more stable running back go there and see if that can improve that offense, make them almost unstoppable. Uh, Damian Williams, do you think he's finally done? Do you think it is time for them to draft a running back? They obviously have Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, Damian Williams. I would imagine LeSean McCoy is gone as well at the end of this year. Uh, what do you think they end up doing at running back going into the offseason? Well, you know, Andy Reid is comfortable using a committee, and he's got a solid committee, um, there are people to play different roles. Darwin Thompson has essentially come on and started to take over some of the stuff that Shady McCoy did. He's more dynamic. He's more explosive at this stage of Shady's career. So Thompson is taking on some of that role. Daryl Williams is a grinder. Um, he's he's essentially uh, he, he's just a, a good ball-carrying fullback at this point. Um, and Damian Williams... Uh, you know, I think they said during the game yesterday that if Williams hadn't been hurt this year, that this was Andy's guy. So I feel like they're going to, they may bring in some players, but I don't think they're going to necessarily make running back a, a high priority. They'll, they, they'll bring in some competition. They're going to lose shady. They're going to make work on making sure that they have good, solid depth. Uh, I think they showed this year that they had pretty good depth at running back with the guys they had, and they want to continue to build uh, running backs like that. Now, is that to say that at the end of the second round, if they just don't like anybody else other than, you know, I don't know, who's the fifth, probably the fifth back off the board then, maybe Cam Akers, you know, maybe they take him. Maybe they do, they look at that and go, you know, this could really be a good opportunity to bring in somebody and see what happens. We know the kid is a good running back, and he's played behind a crap offensive line at Florida State for two years. He can catch the ball. He's a dynamic runner. So let's add him to the team and see. But I don't think it's going to be, quote-unquote, a priority. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, And that's going to be the interesting thing for them, too, is we've seen really uh, outside of a couple running backs, most of them have been drafted later in the draft, second, third round. And with as loaded as this class is, although it did take a, a little bit of a hit with a guy like Travis Etienne going back to college, there's still a lot of really good running backs available. Dobbins, Taylor, uh, Clyde's Edward Hilaire. You've got Keyshawn Vaughn a lot of people are high on as well. Uh, DeAndre Swift, if any of those guys fall into possibly the third round or maybe late second, I would not be surprised if the Chiefs grab them. And I, I do think that is going to make whoever he he grabs. This is something I really want to talk to you guys about as we, we obviously get past the Super Bowl is if how if certain uh, landing spots could change for for running backs because I think there's like a, a really the top three I think have a little bit of separation from the next two guys which is Akers and Vaughn for me uh, but not much and I'm wondering if, if landing spot maybe changes that for all those five guys so that's going to be something interesting I think for us to jump on at once the Super Bowl comes and goes uh, but but they are one of those teams that a lot of people want to see one of these running backs land with uh, just based on the offense and what Andy Reid does with those running backs it'll be interesting to see if he keeps as you were just talking about any of those other guys like I do really think McCoy is gone no matter what but does he keep any of those other guys there and, and does that kind of hurt if they do bring in a running back uh the well, after- if I know anything for sure it's that I said that they won't prioritize a running back so that means Andy will yeah. take one in the first round. <laughs> hey, man, I, if, if they take – well, I, I don't I don't know if I want to see Dobbins end up there, but, ah, man, it, I mean, I don't think it's a bad move. If that's something – that is, in my opinion, one of their weaker positions. I mean, they need some defensive help as well, but that offense is humming outside of a running back. If they get a guy in the first round, I mean, why not? You got him on that five-year rookie contract. You don't have to worry about paying him anytime soon. Extend your window a little bit more. I think it'd be a good move. But, like, it, we got a long way to go before we have to start worrying about that stuff. 
Uh, the afternoon game or night game for Sunday really wasn't a game. Uh, the Niners win 37-20, to and it wasn't even that close. The Niners, again, just beat up on the Packers just like they did earlier in the season. Uh, start with the Packers side, actually, since, since they lost. Uh, how much longer do you think Aaron Rodgers has? I mean, he's going to be 39 this coming season. Uh, I mean, he he's... Much like Brady, I He's think lost a little old. bit. Sep. Yeah, is he not? I could have swore it said he was thirty nine. I'll look it up while while I'm talking to you. But uh, I, I mean, he's he he looks like he's kind of lost a step. I, I don't know if. 36, He's, I'm sorry. He'll be, 30, he, 36. Yeah, yeah, he'll be 37 next year at the end of next season. So he, 37, I apologize. I don't know why I, heard, I thought 39, but he'll be – so 36 for most of next season. But he does look like he's kind of lost a step. He's definitely been fully healthy this year compared to last year. We know he was dealing with that knee injury. Uh, that offensive line was actually one of the best. It was in the top 10 in all kinds of pass protection and everything. He just did not look like the same guy. Do you think that was Aaron Rodgers or do you think it was the lack of weapons outside of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams? I I think a lot of it was the lack of weapons. Um, I, I, I definitely believe they need to, as good as their offensive line was, they've got some age on them and they need to bring in some uh, young stud offensive linemen and continue to build that up. Uh, the free agents they brought in really sparked their defense with some of their young drafted talent. And so they just need, they don't need a, a lot. Uh, I guess it comes down to do. So do we buy the third year breakout for wide receivers? Do we really believe that? Not for if the we wide do, receivers they have. Cause if we do, they've, they've got like three third year receivers next year. Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it it takes some time. Aaron Rodgers spent so much time being so in tune with with Jordy Nelson. It took Devontae Adams, what, three years to develop yeah. that same type of chemistry with him? Yes. And and so now you're going to have, uh, who is it? Not Allison, but uh, Allison, I think, will be going into his fourth or fifth year. But yeah, MVS, got, yeah, uh, ESB, Brown, who, he who hasn't year. been uh, playing yeah. because of injuries. Uh, so that they do have some guys. If they, you know, you're, you're looking at that third-year breakout, and maybe one of them does step up. I think Jimmy Graham is, you know, he's basically turned into Jason Witten. Uh, watching him catch that pass and try to run to the end zone, I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> dude, you just—it was, man, it was, it was, it was sad, saddening. I felt so bad for him there because there—you remember there was a time where that—that that was a touchdown. There was yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Not so long ago, uh, but he there's definitely a role for that type of player. You know, so if Sternberger can come on and be the athletic tight end, Graham is a capable blocker, you know, and he, he provides that six foot six, six foot seven post up short route guy that if you get it near him, he's generally going to bring it in. He's just not going to get you much yak. So uh, that they need to build their offensive line to Rogers isn't as mobile as he used to be. He he had the 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 knee injury. Uh, he's also not as patient as he used to be. I don't think either. And having gone through a couple of years now, he's had to learn a new offense. And so I I feel like they're trending in the right direction. They just need to s- slot in a couple pieces. Aaron Jones is a a super dynamic player. Uh, having Devonte Adams miss some time that wasn't optimal. You know, they were they a great thirteen and three team? No, they kind of you know everybody wants to bash them for having lousy wins, but they beat the teams they were supposed to beat. Yeah. And so what we want to be mad about that? So you you want to say well you had an inferior conference? Well you beat the teams you were supposed to beat. You had a week schedule. You beat the teams you were supposed to beat. So they were there. Um, that that offense in green bay just doesn't have the firepower to keep up with kansas city but not a lot of offenses do Mm -hmm. yeah uh, 
I think they need to add a wide receiver. I, I don't buy in at all to any of those guys breaking out. I mean, I know, I think you were, we, we were both on, uh, we both thought ESB was going to be good. I, I don't know if it's just been the injuries or what. He has not been able to get anything going. Geronimo Allison has done nothing. MVS has done nothing. They clearly just have Adams. I do, uh, I do think Jay Sternberger could be someone who, who makes a little bit of a name for himself uh, next year. Uh, obviously, I thought really good tight end coming out of, of college, had the injury this year, so did not play at all. I know he got activated, I think, back in like week 10 or 11, uh, but didn't play much. I, I don't know how much longer Graham has there. He was uh, your tight end three, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I, I love Sternberger, I, I, and I, I do think he's going to be phenomenal next year but you still can't just have those two weapons i think they gotta add somebody luckily this is a class with a lot of wide receivers the one thing i do think that hurts that though is rogers always takes time to develop that chemistry as well he's not someone who's just gonna throw the ball to you right away you just talked about Devonte adams who now if you were to look at what he's done the past couple years you would think my god this guy's been tearing up the league forever but it, as you said it took three years for him to kind of become this and he he kind of came forward a little bit in that second year I think he disappointed more because I believe that was the year that Nelson got hurt and so everybody kind of expected Adams to take like a, a, a historic leap and replace Jordy Nelson and, and maybe that's when a lot of people kind of got down on him and then he really came out that next year like gangbusters when Nelson kind of fell off a cliff uh, so I I'll be interested to see what they do. I do think they need to add another weapon. I'm with you on the schedule thing. I don't really care who they play. They were 13-3. and three. If you go 13-3 and three in the NFL, you're a good team. It's just they just couldn't get it done against a team that is in the Super Bowl with, I would argue, probably the best defense in the league. I know the Patriots kind of get that that name because of what they did all season long, but I would be more scared of, of facing that 49ers defense than the Patriots defense, in my opinion. Uh, because of what they can do. Like, I honestly think that's what makes this such an interesting matchup between them and the Chiefs is because, while yes, the Chiefs have Miko Hardman and Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill, who are all extremely fast. But if Patrick Mahomes is getting hit in the backfield within a couple seconds by Nick Bosa and D. Ford and Armstead, they're not going to have time to get through their routes and Mahomes to throw the ball to him, which I think is going to, it just really makes this matchup interesting. So I don't put that on Rodgers. I'm with you also on the offensive line part as well. They, they, they have a good offensive line, but it is aging. I think they need to bring in some younger talent in there and definitely do something to help him out at wide receiver because Again, 37 at the end of next year. I think Rodgers has maybe three, four years left in him, and their Super Bowl window is closing quickly uh, because I don't know if they'll be able to get another quarterback in there like Rodgers, who I, I still say is one of the best to ever play the game, even though he's got that one Super Bowl. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. On the 49ers side, we, I was just mentioning Nick Bosa. They well, got him. Before we go further, yeah, go ahead. Let, I, I just realized I said that I was thinking I said Green Bay was – uh, couldn't couldn't keep up with Kansas City, and they were actually playing oh, San Francisco. Right. Uh, not Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, I, we, we it, knew it what you were talking getting about. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear it happens to the best of us. So, uh, on um, the Niners side here, I just talked about Bosa, and they got him because of how bad they were last year, which is just insane to me. He's the one thing that gives me hope as a Browns fan is, hey, if the Niners could be the second worst team in the league last year and make it to the Super Bowl, maybe the Browns can do that one day. I mean, hell, they've been really bad for a long time. So one of these years, they're going to turn it around. But that defense with all of those first-round picks on that defensive line have just been terrorizing quarterbacks all year. Really good secondary that has been kind of picking the ball off when quarterbacks are trying to make quick throws to get away from that pressure. And really, it's come on that pass rush and the rushing offense as well. They have so many running backs there. Now, obviously, we just found out Tevin Coleman, uh, dislocated shoulder. He's done for, for the rest of this year. Won't be in the Super Bowl. Uh, so Raheem Mostert, who... I don't know if many people remember this. Uh, it's interesting to me. I was watching a lot of the... Uh, Obviously, the game yesterday and the announcers and everybody was talking about, well, Raheem Mostert kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, not really. If you watched the 49ers last year, Mostert looked like the best running back they had last year as well until he dislocated his wrist. Uh, I think it was on a Thursday night game actually against the Seattle Seahawks or the Rams. It was one of those two teams. Looked like the better running back. A lot of people had picked him up because Jarek McKinnon was hurt. Matt Breida went down. Mostert comes in, had one really good game, looked good in the second game, and got hurt. 
The 49ers kept him around because they like the way that he plays. So with that being said, you've got Mostert, Coleman, Breida, and McKinnon. How many of those guys do you think end up coming back next year for the 49ers? I think uh, I, I think Mostert's back. I think Breida's back. I think they'll move on from Coleman. Uh, he was theoretically a good fit for the offense. And earlier this season, he showed that he, he's a good fit for the offense. Um, but I think also, you know, they've got Jeff Wilson who can run the offense. Uh, do they want to keep four running backs that drive fantasy owners crazy? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I definitely feel like Mostert has shown that he should be atop the pecking order. But I also, you know, when you, I'm old enough to remember when, uh, you know, former Marine Mike Anderson and out of nowhere, Olandis Gary gained over a thousand yards in the same offense in Denver <laughs> for Kyle's dad. Yeah. You know, Ruben Drones gained over a thousand yards for, uh, for Shanahan in that offense. So it, it, it isn't like, it's funny because there's a, you know, the running backs don't matter crowd uh, are out there and they're loud and they're proud and probably justifiably so. But I think Josh Hermsmeyer was today put it most succinctly. He, what he said was, we didn't say running games don't matter. We said running backs don't matter. And if <laughs> right. there's ever been an example of that being true, it's San Francisco 49ers, uh, and coming from the Mike Shanahan tree, that offense, if you've got a certain skill set as a running back, you're going to be successful in that offense. It just doesn't matter. The only thing that you have to do is make that one cut and hold on to the ball because those linemen blocking that offense, they're going to make holes. So I think Mostert has set himself up. He should get the, the starting job going into next year. But who knows? He might get five carries next week. Yeah. Or two weeks from now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think I'm with you. I think he's, I actually think they keep Coleman just because of the contract. I think McKinnon's gone regardless. So I think it's going to come down to uh, uh, Coleman and Breida. And I'm interested to see. The only reason I could see them keeping Breida and not Coleman is because I think they probably could keep Breida cheaper. Uh, but I'll, I'll be interested to see which way they go with those. I'm with you. I think Mostert, with everything he's done this year, I mean, he's stepped up. He's had more than just one good game there in the NFC Championship. He's been phenomenal throughout this back half of the season when they've been mixed matching running backs, and he's looked really good. I agree. I think he he should be given the shot to be the the best run or not the best running, but the number one running back going into next season. But we'll see what happens. I mean, that's something that uh. The Forty ers could do anything with because it does seem like they could they could sign me tomorrow and and make me look like an all star out there with the way that offensive line was blocking. Uh, so and that's saying a lot because I'd probably be winded after like one three yard run. So we're we're talking that offensive line has done great things for that running game. Uh, outside of that, there's really not much to talk about. I mean, I think Debo has, has really kind of solidified himself right there in the A.J. Brown territory, in my opinion. Uh, I think what hurts him is kind of the same thing as Brown and bad quarterback play. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, you never know how many times that guy's going to have to throw the ball because of the way the running game is. It doesn't seem like they trust him to throw it. Uh, but I will give you... Uh, props on that. Uh, back when we did our combine show for them, you and Jared Wackerly were both very high on Debo. I believe they were like he was right up there as your number one, two, or three wide receivers uh, in this class. So you guys nailed that, knocked it out of the park, just like with the AJ Brown thing. Uh, you know, I was I was definitely lower on Brown. I think I had him three uh, behind Metcalf and Campbell. And boy, that Campbell pick has not looked good right now. I do think he has a bounce back year uh, next year, but man, that really hurt. Uh, which, speaking of which, we. we talked a little bit about this uh, off air I think next week I've, I've gotten most of the research done we will be talking about our hits and misses next week we've got a lot of time to waste obviously with the Pro Bowl not a lot to break down or talk about because let's all be honest nobody really cares about the Pro Bowl uh, so we will definitely be spending some time next week talking about where we were right and wrong on division winners kind of our rankings for our top 10 at the positions and rookie picks and everything gonna be fun to go back and look at what we did and did not get wrong or get right uh with our predictions and everything and then 
obviously we will jump in. Might have three podcasts next week uh, as we get ready to obviously then preview the Super Bowl at the end of next week. But Dennis, uh, thank you so much for joining me uh, today. I'm glad that you had a good weekend. I look forward to uh, talking to you again later this week. Right on. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump at me. Golly! Over the tackle of the corner line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> 